0: Let's introduce
1: ourselves again. My name is Ben Thompson.
2: And I'm Miles Thompson.
1: And we are brothers who love to talk basketball.
2: Especially when we disagree on it.
1: (laughs) Yes, we have a lot of disagreements about, you know, various (laughs) stupid things about basketball, but we love to talk about it. (laughs) So we're going to record what we uh, usually discuss.
2: Go off on a little tangent, ramble a little bit. Yeah, you know, see where it goes. Close my window so that's not too loud. Smart idea. <laughs> Alright, where do we want to start? Uh I believe we want to start with the Lakers. Very interesting topic. Um big offseason for them. A lot yeah. of, of roster changes.
1: Yeah. Um let's start with uh
2: I think you had a question. Um Yeah. It was um I was wanted to get your opinion um on the whole Rondo versus Lonzo on kind of like who should start. I know that Lonzo's obviously injured now. Um still he's getting, I believe, is something in his knee um repaired. But so Rondo's gonna start the season, but I think my question But you're him, talking when he comes back. Yeah, when they're both healthy, which do you think um is a better fit besides LeBron? And even then if it's Rondo, how do you think that hinders Lonzo's Potential, I guess
1: You know what? Being a Celtics fan I'm always going to
2: have a soft
1: spot For Rondo, no matter where he's gone um, I've always Thought he was like a super smart Point guard, I always thought he kind of Saw the court in a way That other people didn't, but at the same time You know, it's probably Been, what, six years Since his Black, heyday with the Celtics
2: Relevant
1: Kind of playing Days Yeah. <laughs> And, um, I, I mean, I don't know if he has that much left in the tank. He never really had much of an offensive game. Um, but if you're the Lakers, are you trying to win right now? That's the biggest question.
2: Yeah. So, okay, so my immediate reaction when I saw that Rondo signed with LA, I was like, oh, they're literally just getting a mentor for who they want Lonzo to become. They're literally yeah. like like Lonzo. He's got the the vision, the like the like the passing ability, the uh, finishing ability. But it's like here, let's get let's bring Rondo in and have it literally burnt into his brain exactly what he should be doing. Honestly. Yeah, I
1: mean the king of the triple double. That's that's what he was doing last year, and that yeah. was Rondo six years ago.
2: Yeah, and like I I heard I was reading a bunch of articles about how like the Pelicans team last year. Um, so much that he was like so integral and in calling out their defensive sets and he'd call out plays before they even happened and they were all like I think because everyone is so high on Lonzo's defense last year I think that's an even bigger side if, if he can continue to be like a vocal presence over everything then that's I think what they're trying to go for because obviously Rondo's not like at least I don't think so a <laughs> good fit next to LeBron
1: necessarily I mean, yeah, I, that's the thing. That goes back to my question. You know, are they trying to put a lineup on the floor that's going to win? Because when I saw Rondo get signed, when I saw Lance yep, Stevenson no. get signed, when I saw all these people, I'm like, they just got a bunch of one-off contracts in an attempt to maybe make LeBron want to stay longer
2: or I don't wait even- until
1: next year when there's more free agents.
2: He's in it for the long haul. Like, that's why he signed four years. Like, it has, I don't think it has anything, like, if he signed a one-year deal, I guarantee you they would have not made any of those signings. Like,
1: well, okay, maybe not to keep LeBron, but the signings to, is there, is there a bigger free agent market
2: next year? Well, yeah. I mean, I know, I know that I think Clay, uh, Demarcus, he only signed a one-year deal. Clay, Demarcus, Jimmy, um, Kawhi, um, there's a couple other guys, but those are the top ones, like, um, that are going to be free agents. I think part of it is, I know that, uh, Palenka, the GM, what he wants to do is a lot of, um, trying a new style. I think I read a lot that they believe that the kind of switchability attacking the basket, um, having playmakers is their way of – that's what they're trying to see could work. And I think it's like if it doesn't work this season, then they go back to the kind of pace and space that everybody's running. But it's like why not for this one year just throw a complete wrench in the mix and see what happens. Like I get where they're coming from.
1: I Yeah, no, I don't think there's any problem with it. I just – I mean going to the Londo, Lonzo Rondo thing, it's like I think – you play Rondo if you're you're trying to win just because he's a veteran. Um, I think he's gonna play better with making LeBron shine versus Lonzo who's gonna try to you know, he's trying to carve out his own name. Um and it's just gonna be a little bit of like an ego clash if you put those two out there and they're both
0: Wait, Lonzo I mean, I, and
2: LeBron? Yeah. I, I disagree with you on that because Lonzo's such like a level-headed guy. Like he has no, like if you ask him any question, he's so good at just keeping his head and with all the pressure that was thrown at him because of his dad, like I don't feel like, I don't, I feel like he's very willing to take a backseat role to LeBron. Like I don't see him clashing heads with him very hard. You
1: don't think he wants to, to shine? You don't think he wants to like prove why Lonzo ball is Lonzo ball? <laughs>
2: I feel like I feel like if he even has what it would be considered to be like an average season, he'll still get like the star. If the Lakers do well and he has an average season, he'll get so much more hype than if like he played really well on a bad Lakers team.
1: Do you think the Lakers have any potential to go
2: anywhere? I will put them uh oh, this is I it's so weird cuz I can put them anywhere from like 3 to 10. Like, it really just depends on the first, like, two weeks of the season. Yeah, it's, like, whether or not the whole thing fails or it doesn't. Yeah, I think, like, with LeBron, your your minimum is 40 games. Like, you're gonna win at least 40. But, like, I I mean, if you really look at the
1: Cavs last year, it got to a point where it was, like, I mean, you have Kevin Love, but Kevin Love wasn't even Kevin Love. Kevin Love was, like, Kristen Thompson.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think, like, but part of that was, like, he was just doing so much, and it was, like, a system specifically designed for him. And I think part of the problem this year is they're going to have, like, like I said, a whole new style of play that they're trying to, um, kind of learn on the fly.
1: Like, when one that does or doesn't revolve completely around LeBron.
2: I. I I mean, every, would whenever you have LeBron on the floor, it's obviously going to revolve all the way around him. But, like, with the amount of playmakers they have, I think they're trying to run Michael Beasley at the 5. Like, it's just such a weird, a really small lineup. He's, like, 6'10". Michael Beasley is 6'10"? He's a tall—he, he like, he's—yeah. He's, like, a t- 6'9", small forward coming out of Kansas State. He's really tall
1: and he grew an inch in the nba
2: yeah well i mean it
0: happens Uh, i mean i think they're going to be very
1: interesting i think well you know like you said it's going to be something where it's either first two weeks it doesn't work at all or you know they gel really well and it seems like at least from the preseason videos i've seen it seems like they want to play together they're you know i saw an instagram thing um I think it was Lance Stevenson. It was like a picture of their second unit. And it was. It said. group. And LeBron commented. They called it mud. Uh, misunderstood. Underappreciated. Um, determined.
2: Determined. Yeah.
1: And I was like. All right. Maybe. You know. Maybe they've all bought into. You know. Something that we don't know about. And they're kind of all. On the same page. But.
2: I feel like. Well. I mean. Part of it is like. These are all—I mean, Rondo and Lance and Beasley and McGee—they're all players that kind of like clashed with LeBron in in the past. And I think part of it is like you kind of a lot of people. It's kind of why a lot of people still hate LeBron is because you clash with him because he's so good. So it's yeah. like kinda like when you get on his team, you're kind of like, all right, well, now I'm a part of this. I kind of like let's make it happen. I mean, he's that good. I battled with him for so long that. Now I'm with him. I'm gonna take it seriously. Like I know what he can do.
1: Yeah, I mean especially Lance Stevenson. This is a dude who like spent, you know, the good years of his career trying to just get in LeBron's head. And you know now he's gonna be running right next
2: to him. So. Yeah. No, and I I think like, um, uh, with I, a couple guys I I really like Josh Hart. I wish they didn't have easy I like. PC. Fire season,
1: I'm My sorry, say that again?
2: Said there's a fire engine going by because the Lakers are going to be on fire all season. Yeah,
1: apparently so.
2: <laughs> but yeah, like Josh Hart, and I know Kuzma is going to be, um, a gr- I feel like he'll be great next to LeBron. Um, but the one, like where McGee fits into this, that's where I'm kind of lost. Like why... They're trying to run a traditional center, I guess. He's not really a traditional center, but like a big presence next to LeBron. Like, I get it. Like, he needs, he needs an alley-oop target. I mean, yeah, he's
1: a run-the-floor guy. He's not, you know, he's not going to take up a bunch of touches. He'll run with you and he'll be in the paint.
2: Yeah. I think, yeah, that's why I'm questioning. It's just like, where, what type of center is like best next to LeBron? That's my question.
1: Yeah, I was just looking at our uh, uh, list of topics, I like, and I just saw that.
2: Yeah, because like Kevin Love, they ran him at the five. Well, now okay, let's
1: let's uh, go back through LeBron's career and let's look at all the sun, centers who have run with him.
2: Right, you have to. Th- you also have to think about like what season, like what type of, like in two thousand six, yeah, he had Ilgowskis, and that's a slow footed center. But 80% of the league was slow-footed centers. So. Yeah.
1: So you gotta look at that. And then you gotta look at the shift of just what the center means in general.
2: Yeah. I think like, so it's weird because Bosch next to LeBron worked really well. Like that was when Bosch transitioned to the five, their offense was one of the top in the league. And when they were playing defense, it was even diff- more difficult to stop them. But I think what's weird is like, Kevin Love and Chris Bosh are not too different of players in terms of offensively. Like they both transitioned from post to like three-point shooting.
1: Yeah, the but, fours that got turned into fives.
2: Yeah, but when Kevin Love went to the five, it crippled so hard for that Cleveland team. Yeah, like, could not do anything defensively. And I I don't know. I I feel like Kevin Love was never real. I, I don't think he should have been put in that situation in the first place. But that's beside of the point. Being pushed to a five. Of just, like, being next to LeBron. Like, I don't think he was ready for that coming out of Minnesota. That's a whole different topic. Yeah, it's a whole different topic. That's what I'm saying. But I truly
1: believe Kevin Love uh, can't really come back from that. I think he's kind of on the way out.
2: I, he's one of my – Cleveland's an interesting team to watch this season, but we'll get to that next. Yeah. Um,
1: let's talk centers, and let's talk the – um. hey, cats. They're just waiting. Talk
0: about cats.
1: <laughs> no, let's talk centers because this is kind of an interesting thing, and you just kinda of brought it up. About um Kevin Love starts as a four, right? Comes into the league as a four. Chris Bosch comes into the league as a four. Um, another guy, Al Horford, comes into the league as four. And um maybe five, ten years ago, the power forward was like a real position. Yeah, and the center was a real position, and it was they were completely different. The power forward, you know, would run the floor, and the center would kind of just be back to the basket, dump the ball in, and that's a possession. Yeah. Um, but you've seen now it's like all these guys if they want to survive, they've got to basically turn themselves into the center position. We just saw a cat run across the <laughs> screen. Um who, like, players that came into the league as, you know, a four, like an Al Horford or Chris Bosh, um, who have had to play as fives because, you know, the four, or the five, had, like, the traditional center has kind of disappeared and, like, yes. the
0: five <laughs> the has small. turned into a
1: power forward. Yeah. So do so, you think that's good for these players as far as their touches, or stats, or, you know,
2: bad? Think, so my interpretation of it is, like, It's definitely not as good for their – I mean, a lot of the guys – that's why, like, Julio Locafor, kind of, he's out of the league because he can't play the style he wanted. And it's kind of like – it definitely hinders their ability to be their best player, but at the same time, it keeps them relevant and in the game. Like – Yes, they could be a technically better basketball player as staying as a four, like a traditional four like Al Horford would be back to the basket. Like he'd technically be a better all-around player that way, but he wouldn't be able to keep up in today's NBA. Like it just wouldn't work. But are you saying that
1: they would be better if they tried to play like fives or – I, I think, think these was, aren't these aren't guys who thrived as back to the basket players. These are guys who are more like face up from the wing.
2: Um but you gave the example of Al Horford. I feel like cuz when he was at Florida, he was definitely him and Joakim Noah. Like Joaquin was there to defend the paint and Al was there to kind of score and be more Yeah, but um, step
1: outside of the paint. Yeah. Um but those guys have had to
2: be basically called the center yeah and i think it does like i'm saying it doesn't it doesn't necessarily make them any worse because they're still able to get some of the touches that they you know that they would if they were running a traditional four or five like it was but at the same time they're not the best that they can be because they're not going to get the same touches they're not going to get the same looks
1: yeah i mean i think i definitely i mean like i said I'm a big Celtics fan, and I've definitely seen that a lot with Al Horford having to kind of just bog down the middle a lot more than he would. I mean, definitely last year he stepped out for the you know to the three a little bit more. But people who are you know more comfortable, I think it can almost in some ways it can help because it can put you up against fives who
2: can't defend you really
1: yeah it can you know you if you're a four and you're playing a five and you're up against a five who's a
0: five um you know you can step out you can pump fake and you can go right by them yeah i think like
2: it's because it's kind of like an example i'm thinking of is kind of like a little marcus aldridge yeah or when he you know was in Portland he didn't have much of a true center i think he had Robin Lopez with him and stuff and now he's he's come to San Antonio and you see him stepping outside a lot more and taking a lot more mid-range jump shots and and he, obviously he's like still an all-star and he's dominant and everything but it's kind of like is he getting a different style of play because he's put into that position now than he would have if he was in Portland and still kind of being that back-to-the-basket-destroying-everybody-down-low type of player. Like, yeah, he can do really well, and it, it helps develop his game, taking more outside shots and being more versatile, but it's like... Do you think he'd be more dominant as a... If if, if the league allowed him to be, I feel like he would be unstoppable just posting up down there and having a turn around and shots for days, you know? All
1: right, so let's turn the conversation around and talk about all those centers who have pretty much, like you mentioned, Julia Lopez for
0: pretty much just I'm been
1: kicked out of the game. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think kind of number one, what do you think like sparked that,
0: that
2: it's turn just, of the
1: way we play?
2: Well, it's, it's mostly like because there's a, a strong correlation between back to the basket and slow footed. Yeah, so that's why, like, because being a Heat fan, like, Hassan Whiteside, like, is dear to my heart, like, watching him come up from basically out of nowhere, but since he put on so much muscle, you know, he plays very back to the basket, but he just can't, he can defend, you know, the paint better than anybody else, but he can't get out there to defend a lot of the switches, and so many teams are running high pick and rolls now right at the top of the key that... He can't get up there to defend a Steph Curry if Drogic gets screened. He can't get up there to defend that three-pointer. And even if he tries, then he can't get back to recover on the roll, man. And at that point, your your defense is completely scrambled. If, if you know, J- James Johnson has to come over and try to help and then they kick it out for another three, it just causes so many problems as opposed to somebody like a, Sticking with the heat, like if you put Bam Adebayo in, and he's just so much more versatile, being able to get around the three-point line, um, having that ability to, to, I mean, yeah, Bam Adebayo is not a back-to-the-basket center, and he's also a lot more of a versatile defender. So those two things, that's a problem. Is that like their offensive game's not the problem; they can get you a bucket. But at the same time, it's like if you're trading two points on your offensive end. For three points on the other offense or on the defensive end, you're not going to win very many games. <laughs>
1: All right. So say you're a head coach, right? Yeah. Which do you think is in your mind, which is a bigger problem that you need to address? Your center is not getting down the court on offense or he can't defend another center like who's, who was a four turned to a five. Who can shoot outside? They can play the outside game, and you know, oftentimes we see. I always found this so funny, but when when you see a center get the ball, right? Yeah. And it's like their defender is probably like sagging four feet off them because they know they're not going to go by them.
2: Yeah. Um, I think kim Noah used to do that a lot. No, no, people used to do that to kim Noah.
1: Yeah. I, think- I mean, they could hang out like six feet away from him, and it's like yeah. you know, I'd be screaming like shoot the fucking ball. Yeah, <laughs> like you, got, you know, nobody near you, but um, you know, are you more worried about a center who is not helping you on the offensive end because he just he can't run with your yeah team or you know somebody who no, I mean on a
2: four who's shooting threes. I'm much more worried about the defensive end because think about it this way. So even if like. Say you're the Warriors and Demarcus Cousins can't really get up the court in time to be part of the offense. You still have all of those offensive weapons that can create their own shot. Don't really, they don't need to run in and out of the, in and out of the post. But on defense, if, if Demarcus Cousins, you know, say he's still recovering from his Achilles injury, if he still has trouble getting out to defend some of those, you know, those stretch bigs, it really shakes up your entire defense. Then every other player is having to work twice as hard. You know they're putting in 125% to try to cover the you know the center who can't really get around the like get help on the screen. And when that happens, everybody else is pretty much in so much more effort, takes away from their ability to you know last longer in the game, get up good shots on offense. So I'm much more worried if my center can't play good defense. That's why you know Al Horford is intrinsic or not is so much more valuable than Andre Drummond is I think like <laughs> he's going to get you a lot more wins but Andre Drummond's going to get you a lot more stats okay
1: um all right so let's you brought up DeMarcus Cousins that was something we were going to talk about let's talk about that um as we all know the warriors signed Marcus Cousins in the uh yeah the in warriors. the offseason Um right off the bat, do you think that helps or do you think that hurts? And I know a lot of people immediately would just be like, Oh, it's the Marcus Cousins. Like, of course it helps. But like, in the way and you know the way, you know, we all know the way that the Warrior Warriors run and they get
2: out on the break and they move the ball. I think for my interpretation of it is like Steve Kerr is such a smart coach that It can really only help. I mean, it's not like he's put in a situation with a rookie head coach who doesn't really know how to manage, you know, a an attitude like that, and b, um, kind of a switch of the of the offense. I think like Steve Kerr is bright enough to know that if it's not if it's not really going to work out for him, he's not going to try and force it. Um, he'll put Demarcus in a situation with the second unit that's going to get him the touches and stuff he needs, but, um. Coming off of an injury like that with kind of like a prove it contract, um, he can't really, de- he can't demand very much. He's not, he's not, they're kind of putting him on the same level as JaVale, kind of like a prove it. Like, if you, you can, think you can after
1: help? last year yep. that DeMarcus Cousins is now on the same level as JaVale McGee.
2: No, not, not skill wise, just kind of, he does have to prove it in, in, I mean, if Warriors hadn't signed Javale McGee, he wouldn't be on the Lakers right now. He wouldn't be in the NBA. That's my two cents about that. He yeah. had to prove something. So I think like, that's but what think saying. about this.
1: You we know Demarcus Cousins' attitude, right? I can <laughs> totally see a situation where because of the Warriors' offense, because of all the players that you know, the all they're five All Stars, right? Yeah. DeMarcus Cousins is not getting any touches and you know if somebody like with your attitude is like wow he's not really proven himself he goes to the front office and says well fuck it's not me it's the fact that I'm not getting any touches.
2: I I mean like if I'm if I'm the Golden State front office I'm like okay well the whole reason you said you came here I've seen so many reports about this is that you said you didn't get any offers you know that you were looking for so you came here trying to get you know a a redemption side of this and if you're not going to prove it to us we had a winning culture here before right but
1: what if he's saying yeah i'm trying to prove it but yeah i'm not getting the ball you know
2: there's four guys who are putting up 10 15 shots a game but it's like we are winning before you so if you can't change what you're trying to do to help us and benefit us we don't need you like it's sad to say we can't
1: but that's that's why i'm saying do you think? He helps or he hurts?
2: He helps if he – it's it's all dependent on if he wants to. It's like, he helps all if right. he, he wants – Say he
1: buys into <laughs> the culture and is like, I
2: want to win a ring. Yeah.
1: What does but, DeMarcus no. Cousins do for you?
2: If he buys in and if he's – How does he change
1: his game? Well, I'm not even talking that, right? How does – Yeah. How does he change his game so that it helps the Warriors? Because I can't see a world where Demarcus Cousins is running up and down the court. But he shoots threes
2: now. He's shot a fair amount of threes, especially in New Orleans. All right, but like he does, I think like he does. They don't really need him to. What do you run see
0: him? Do you
1: see him just rebounding a lot. Do you see him?
2: He's not really ever been much of a. I mean, when he gets into it, like in the Sacramento days, yeah, he could get a bunch of offensive rebounds. But like, I think that's not going to be his main role. I think he'll be there as kind of a if you need to late in the shot clock, you can dump it into him. Yeah, he'll get you a bucket. Or you can. <laughs> I think he's kind of like a first and last option in an offense. Like if you this... give him the ball,
1: if something immediate happens, then we run with it. If nothing yeah, if it happens, then we, you... do,
2: we do everything yeah. else. And then if we need to, we can dump it back into him, but it's not going to be like a first, second, third option go through, you know, if it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not. Like,
1: <laughs> so what do you think the chances are that he buys into? I'm no longer, I'm not even, you know, top, top four on this team. I,
0: it's, I don't see Demarcus Cousin getting another max contract.
2: Let's put it that way. And I think when he comes to that, because it's really impossible for him. I don't know. That's why I don't know why he went to the Warriors. It's like you're not going to put up the type of stats that are going to warrant you getting a max contract next season. And (laughs) when you don't, it's kind of like, where do you go from here? Now you're just a guy who's averaging 12 and 7 for, yeah, you did it for the Warriors, but no one's going to be like, Suddenly I want him to be the focal point of my Offense again
1: see I can see Those being his numbers what did he put up last Year like 25 and 10 Yeah he he was really
2: he was Quite dominant
1: yeah and So like you know Do you think DeMarcus Cousins with the ego That we all know he has you think He's just going to be like all right I'll put up 12 and 7 and we'll Win the championship do you Think he wants that or do you think he wants to be A max player guy on a Sacramento Kings or a
2: I Brooklyn think next. I I I mean he went to the Warriors he made that decision so you have to kind of say to yourself that he wants the ring he wants to to give I mean it if you, if you're DeMarcus Cousins are you going to take a 1 year 3 point something million dollar deal to play with the Warriors or are you going to take it to play with I don't even think the Pelicans offered I they offered him something but um with, with some other team and it's like you're yeah, talking had, same had, offer for both teams? No, he got a, he got a bigger offer for New Orleans, but
0: same just, amount of years.
2: No, it was like, I think it was like three years, something million, like 22 million, something like that. I don't really know. I'd have to double check that. I um, mean, if I'm him, he's,
1: his legacy is never going to be championships. Yeah. So Demarcus Cousins legacy is going to be, you know, being a good center. Yeah. And that all goes out the window. And I can see him getting wrapped up in the hype of it. He's got Kevin Durant on the phone with him being like, dude, come play with us. It's going to be fun, man. We're going to have so much fun. And then he starts seeing, oh, shit, I'm not getting the ball. Oh, wait, I'm not playing in the fourth quarter. You yeah. Know? And, and all of a sudden he's like, fuck, my career might be over because now I'm just seen as a role player.
2: Yeah, I think he'll definitely – I I I see the beginning of the season everything will be good. I think when it gets to when they hit their first kind of plateau, um, you know where they're maybe lose two in a row or something like that. Um, I could see. It's crazy
1: that that's a plateau for them.
2: I know, I know. Um, but I can see you know something coming out. But I feel like it'll all be exaggerated. You know how I don't know. I think it was Andre Godala, or no it was David West who said that like. They had so many problems in the locker room over the season and, and I, I just feel like that's over exaggerated because they're all professionals at the end of the day. And with Demarcus Cousins, like I feel you'll, will definitely, you'll definitely see plenty of reports saying that he's frustrated or something, but I really don't think it'll be as bad as long. If they don't win, I think he'll be pissed. <laughs> but I think that's main, I think he just wants to get that part off his chest and then he'll just go get the, that one uh, ring. Get the one ring, and I think oh, he's not there next year. I don't think so. I definitely don't think so. I agree with you. Because once he gets that ring, he can put that on his like. He can say, "I'm a champion." Like, I put up at least twelve and seven. I can go get a three year, uh, thirty eight million dollar, thirty six million dollar deal from somebody. Somebody will want that, um, as opposed to just being a guy coming off an Achilles injury with no credit to his name. That's that's the thing. I I think this was a really
1: bad move coming off the injury. I think if he was smart, he comes off the injury, plays for a shitty team, shows that he can still do twenty eight and ten,
2: and then but, does that. But, but if he goes to a shitty team, he has so much more pressure to do that. By going to the Warriors, he like if he doesn't even play this season, people are. It's not like necessarily bad, like. He has so much less pressure by going to the Warriors. He can still say he's a good player. He just didn't get. I think it's part of it's kind of a cop out, is what I'm seeing. Like he can go. Yeah, he can say out. that
1: he. Oh, if I had been on. If the I, yeah, time, I would have put up 28 and 10.
2: Exactly. He say like I only did 12 and 7 because I was on the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, I I, I completely agree with that. Um. It, it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens next season. I don't because so they have to bring back Clay next year. I mean, first off, the whole Warriors salary system is the most genius thing. I this is a hot take, but it's the most genius systematic uh grouping of talented players of all time. I mean, it's the way they went contract about contract wise. Yes, contract wise. The way they went Explain about it, part of it's luck because the whole Steph Curry injuries and all that, and like when when they got Durant, he was still making eight mil a year or something like that, and I think just their ability to do that, to sign a max player, then re-sign Steph Curry, then re-sign, um,
1: does that all come from the way like the timing <sighs> of it, the way they stagger the contracts? Yeah, it's all timing. It's all bird rights. It's 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 all luck.
2: And it so you think do you think that just came together from luck? Oh yeah, I mean, if Steph Curry didn't get his ankle injuries early in his in his career, none of this would happen. None at all. It was a whole is just because of that, and because he was able to fix his ankles while still on like the most profitable contract in NBA history, I think he won his NBA. Or his MVP award making like eight mil a year or something like that, whatever it was. So. And, quick question. Go ahead. At what point do you think
1: the Warriors fall so off? So this, the, no, these are two, two things that can happen. They either part ways with, well, how old is Steph? Twenty-nine. How old is Clay?
0: Twenty- uh, Alexa! How old is Clay Thompson? Clay Thompson's twenty-eight.
1: Twenty-eight. How old is uh That's cool. How old is Kevin Grant? He's, I believe, thirty-one. All right, so we're upper upper twenties, thirty.
0: Yeah. I,
1: uh, I, what, what, do you think they dump like dump Nat? Do you do you see the Warriors just going riding it till the end and then hitting that rebuild, or do you see them dumping? Dumping somebody like a Steph, not even that, just like dumping for somebody, you know, putting all their eggs in a basket and being like, this is just a random example, but I see Dennis Smith being the best point guard in the league in five years. I'll you, Steph that Curry. A, wait, is that? Is no, that that's not an, a hot take. Is that's that not your honest opinion? That's not, my, that's not my honest opinion. I'm <laughs> just for, saying, either. say you're the Warriors front office.
2: Yeah.
1: And you say, I see Dennis Smith being the best point guard in the league in, in <laughs> 3 years. So I'm going to so Steph Curry is now 30. I'm going to dump Steph Curry based on potential for Dennis Smith and see if we can just never stop this run.
2: So you're basically wondering whether or not the Warriors front office can make a NBA 2K style dynasty. Yes, yeah, so it just never so <laughs> it, it never falls off. It never, it never falls off. Um, it's not really. I mean, it's kind of like. Cause there, like, there are plenty of teams
1: that get like you look at the Cavs get to the finals, whatever, whatever. But it's like there's no teams that have four, five All Stars, four or I mean, five guys with crazy selling potential.
2: Yeah, I think to go back to like your main like idea for if they could theoretically in three to four years dump Steph for Dennis Smith there's so like even looking at the Jimmy Butler situation right now player teams are only getting if that 65 cents to the dollar on on star players at this point and a player like Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be untouchable by the Mavericks I think when unless you're trading a player at his prime other teams are going to know what you're trying to do they're not going to let you finesse them on that they're not going to do you think they time.
1: don't let you finesse them because they see oh shit the warriors are trying to form a fucking never-ending dynasty or they're like oh i know that steph's on his way out i know that yeah, Dennis because, is
2: no it's definitely the second one because like if say you're dallas's front office and you're looking at it and you're saying oh steph's now 34 years old in the year 2022 he's still making 40 plus million dollars a year uh say his ankles came back and they're they're causing trouble again why are we going to trade our up-and-coming talent for something that yeah he can still probably give us 20 points a game but he's not going to get us anywhere i mean i just as much if i was the warriors yeah at a certain point i would think about trying to you know drop off and try to pick up some new talent to just keep it going it's just so unrealistic. I I mean they're they're geniuses, but they're also very But they're
1: they're the only ones who can do it because they have so many people with so much like resale value. Yeah. Like I look at the Celtics as another team of like five p- potential all-stars in the starting lineup. Yeah. Um but they're all at a relative age where they don't even need to think about that. But these are guys who have been on the top of the NBA for 5 years.
2: Um, Well, I think part of the and at some
0: point they have to start thinking about that.
2: I well, okay. Well, here's the thing. The this is all an assumption based on the fact that you're assuming that all five players are just going to buy into it no matter what. Like you have to take in consideration Clay might leave next summer, and Durant might. He only signed a, a one plus one. He could leave next summer too. I think he's up next summer too. Do you got, think these yeah, guys
1: bought in or do you think that they're?
2: Well, that it'll be interesting to see. I think, I think KD is, is bought in, but I don't, I don't know about Clay. I mean, I, he just recently said that he wants to be there long term, but like, so did DeRozan. You just don't really know. I mean, he did get traded, but yeah, I mean, was, that
1: wasn't DeRozan
2: at all. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, okay. So DeRozan's not a good, uh, example I think a better example is Kevin Durant his his own teammate because Kevin Durant plenty of times said he wanted to stay in OKC but when something better came up for him like he had the ability to go to the Warriors it's kind of like it's a it's a it's not a there's no loyalty in the league I mean players see that now like LeBron said so much about it like Isaiah Thomas said so much about it. There's just no loyalty into the league anymore. So it's there's no
1: loyalty between teammates or in front offices. In front offices between players. So I mean, I, I don't think there ever was. You can you can equate it to looking like politics, man. No, there definitely was. If 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 the front office is the president and the players are civilians, you know they really have no idea what's going on in the head of.
2: Yeah, but I think like. I don't know. I At least back when, like 2006 through 2008, I would have said there was more loyalty back then than there is is now. Oh, for sure.
1: I mean, back then it was like you get your franchise player and you do anything to make them happy.
2: stick to them. (laughs) And now
1: it's like, I just want to be competitive.
2: I just want to be competitive. I just want to win rings. I just want to be considered the greatest of my position or whatever. And I think, like... So back to the original question of do you think the Warriors could theoretically just keep retooling and going after it as a dynasty? I just don't see them being able to hold on. I mean, Steph's there long term because he's just been such – he like changed that franchise as a whole. But the rest of them, I I don't – I'm not 100% that they can all – I mean – I had this argument before with a friend of mine from high school and we were talking about, do you think Clay would be an all-star on another team? And the discussion was kind of based around, do you think he's simply an all-star because of the the system he's in and how well it works for him? 100%. Well, No, but my argument was like, think about it this way. Like Ray Allen, when he was in Milwaukee, um, was a totally different player than when he was in Boston. Sure. yeah yeah you can see him as a, just a spot-up shooter but you don't know what he's like when he just has a team just to himself that
1: that is very true
2: um so i mean maybe it gets to the summer and clay's like yeah i've done everything i've can i've won four championships in five years why not go try and push myself to the limits and get my own team like
1: all right so that brings up another good question so Look at a guy like LeBron, right? He's probably, him and Kobe are really the only ones after Michael that you look at and you're like, you are great because you were a great player at all times and you won like five, six rings, right? Yep. And you did it whether or not you had a team around you.
0: Yeah.
2: Is there
1: any other guy right now? In the league that has done that.
2: Tim Duncan was the closest. He's not in the league anymore.
0: But Tim Duncan had a team around him. Yeah. um,
2: He did. Yeah. I think Dirk is kind of the last one I can think of. Obviously, he only won one ring. But,
1: but see, that's what I'm talking about. Like There are a ton of these dudes. It's like you could look at Kevin Durant and be like, Kevin Durant, amazing player. He's got a few rings. But he didn't do it himself.
2: Yeah, he he didn't stick it through the long. Haul. What
1: like what's his motivation now? What's up Kevin Durant's motivation? That's Is he looking I want to be the best player cuz I got six rings or I just want to put up consistent stats? You know, if you're if you see yourself and you're like, look, I'm not going to be that guy who gets the most rings. You know, I'm not I'm no longer Kevin Durant's no longer in the conversation with LeBron.
2: He, okay, here's another question. If you're Kevin Durant right now, do you realistically see yourself being able to be the greatest of all time? Like- Oh,
1: no, no, no. You, you've already ruined that with teaming up with the Warriors. That's
2: fair. But, I mean, that's- But then I'm, you
1: could say the same thing about LeBron
0: with the Heat.
2: Well, okay, well it's different. It's way different. I will always argue that it's way different.
0: I mean, it's it's only different
1: because LeBron didn't know what the Heat could do yeah. and see the thing work. Yeah. Kevin Durant saw the thing work and jumped on the train. But it's like, I mean, the only difference is you give it one year and LeBron watches Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh go to work and says, oh, shit, this works.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, but – like, do you think, um, the motivation for those guys who get, like, Steph
1: Curry, all them, who've got what, what do they each have? Three rings now?
2: Yeah, Kitty has two. But
1: okay. the, 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 like, warrior the warriors. Yeah, have
2: three.
0: It's three and four years. Uh,
1: did you just call them the couriers?
0: <laughs> no, but that's a good name. Yeah, it
1: just was like, damn, that's baller. Um, but the core
0: one. <laughs> the core warriors, the couriers. Uh, <laughs> The
2: title of this episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, do you
1: think that those, like, what what drives you when you're a player who's 31? I'm not even talking about anybody specific. You're 31. You got two to three rings, and you're putting up like 25 and something. I think. You know? And you yeah. you're not ever in the competition to be the best player ever. You know, and say you're coming up on a contract, what's motivating you?
2: I think, okay, this is where my assumption would be. At that point, I say I have two to three rings. I'm averaging 25. I'm not going to be the greatest of all time. I'm I'm not looking for – I'm not chasing money. I'm not chasing stats. At that point, I'm just looking to have fun. And I think Kevin Durant is like a big pursuant of that. Like he's all about just being him and being able to, you know, do what he wants to do. He already won the ring. He doesn't have to go through the process of trying to. I mean, I think that's part of what LeBron's trying to do. He's trying to prove that he can do it under like a really just. I ain't
1: going homie, you froze like two minutes ago. Damn. <laughs> my
2: my face did, or my words did. Your
1: face. I can still no, hear funny. you. Though.
2: It's a podcast. We're just doing. Can you
1: I... can you
0: click the video?
2: Yeah. And then
1: turn it off, and then turn it back on. I can't. It went away. Okay.
0: Well
2: either way,'re uh, just doing the vocal, we're just doing the yeah, yeah. um like with Lebron, like I feel like that's his motivation is trying to do something that nobody else could really do, which is kind of like like lebron- like Michael didn't take a team of twenty and twenty one year olds to a championship, like he's trying something new, he wants to be the greatest. With Kevin Durant, he can't really do that. So I feel like he's just like, I'm just going to have fun while I play in the game. He knows he's not going to be the best ever. So it's kind of like, I'm just going to keep doing what I do, and I'm just going to have fun with it. And if Golden State's going to be the most fun option for me, then why would I leave it?
0: All right. Fair.
2: I
1: think he, well, like, Let's Kevin... talk about a guy who's not Kevin Durant, right? Because there was a time when it was a big conversation of, like, Kevin Durant or LeBron James.
0: I, th- I mean, it still is, but, like...
1: But, like, not... Really None. is heavily ever since he went to the Warriors. So let's yeah. talk about a guy
0: who's like, um, who's like a mid-level, uh, like a Victor Oladipo. No, yeah. no,
1: no, no. He's he's on my next topic, but like somebody like um, Damian Lillard or Chris Damian. Paul. Chris Paul. Let's talk Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Okay. So Chris Paul, did he ever get a ring?
0: Wait. Here's here's a, here's a quick premise. Is Chris Paul a top five point guard of all time? Yeah. Is he a top five? Of all time? Of all time, is he
2: top five? No. I
0: say yes. I mean, uh, like,
1: I'm not too versed enough to, like, talk about all the greatest point guards from the beginning of the game of basketball.
2: Is Chris Paul a top ten player right now?
0: Top ten? No. Hell no. Interesting. A lot of people would say yes. You think about just all the players. You think
1: Chris Paul at, what, like 32?
2: Somewhere around there.
1: No, man, he doesn't have the speed he had. He doesn't have... But... And he's another guy who's, like, he's not... So this is a dude who really, you know, he started with, what, the Hornets?
2: Yeah, the Hornets through... Um, eleven.
1: yeah, and he like he wanted to be the franchise guy, um, you know, couldn't make it work there, so he tried somewhere else.
2: Um, Well get get to the your main question because I think I know where you're going with this.
1: Well, it doesn't really apply to Chris Paul because he doesn't have any rings. But
2: well, I think well, part of your I think what your question was is what's driving Chris Paul.
1: Yeah, what drives a guy who, say he has, you know, one to two rings? He's gotten there. Cause for Chris Paul, he's probably the best ring. Yeah. Um, but you're like, we're talking a guy like Chris Paul where he kind of was always one of the better, best players, but was never like, oh, that's the guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, probably has two rings under his belt and he's like 30. What's your drive? It, how much of it is like literally where you want to play? Like I want to play in New York cause I love yeah, the city big, of New York. Yeah. Like how much of LeBron wanted to just be in LA?
2: Um, as much as he will deny it, I, I think it, it does simplify his life. I mean, instead of having to go in and out of Ohio all the time. And
1: I mean, that's, that's such a crazy thing to me. I was having this conversation last night, like, if you think about celebrities, this is kind of off topic, but think about celebrities, right? You yeah. think about musicians, actors. Happen. Where are the places they go? L.A. and New York. Right. But if you're an athlete, you are a celebrity, and yet sometimes you can get stuck in, like, I'm sorry, Russ, but, like, OKC. You can get stuck in Oklahoma City. Yeah. And it's like you're one of the biggest celebrities in the world, and you're spending your time in Oklahoma City. You know, how much, if you get to a point where you're 30, are you like, fuck man, I just want to be in a cool space.
2: Answer me this. Would you rather take a hundred, four, like say you personally, you're a good player. You're like, you're like an 89 overall in 2K. Okay. Right. Would you take a four year, $140 million from OKC, which whatever that is, I think that's like 30, 35 million a year average something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you take a 4-year $140 million from OKC or a 3-year $80 million from New York? It's like, would you rather go to New York to take less money or stay because the hometown teams can always offer you somewhere between 10 and 20% more. Oh, for sure. But uh we're talking somebody who's done the
1: majority of the damage they're going to do.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, your video's back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they've done the majority of the like. They kind of hit that peak, and they're not like, like coming away. down crazy, but they're like they're they're not going up any further. Yeah. What like?
2: What incentivizes what, them?
1: What's the major thing that's driving? You? I don't think it's money at that point.
2: Well, it depends on if you. I mean. It, it, it it's cliche to say, but it depends on the player because like if you're somebody like a, like a Joe Johnson who already got a huge contract, you don't really need that anymore. Yeah. You're not chasing the money. Maybe you're chasing the lifestyle or a fun environment. But if you're somebody who hasn't necessarily made it gotten there, got, you know, cashed in, gotten their check it kind of like Isaiah Thomas, like hasn't really cashed in yet. Then you're still looking for that.
1: Yeah. So you just want that big, that
2: one big check. The one big paycheck. Cause it's just, I feel like it's just weird for some players to be like, yeah, he was really good, but he made $60 million his entire career just because of how it panned out for him. Just because of how he decided to, you know, he wanted to live here or he wanted to go get a ring at an inopportune time or he got injured, something like that. So for a player kind of like, you know, um uh, I mean, I here's an example. I don't know if this fully works because he was a little bit old at the time, but like Ray Allen, right? Yeah. When he was like 37 35 and he left the Celtics to go to Miami, like he already got a ring, he'd already got his money, he would achieved the 3-point record, he'd done everything he had to. I think of why he wanted to go to Miami. It was a, it was for a ring again, but It was also just fun. Like, he just wanted to have fun toward the end of his career.
1: What? Are you talking fun on the court with your boys playing basketball or fun in Miami?
2: Both. (laughs) Technically, I mean, they kind of go hand in hand. No, they don't. I mean, your
1: personal life is never, you know, as much as they'd make you think all NBA players are best friends. But I mean, your personal life never really ties into the NBA lifestyle.
2: But those, like, those heat teams were some of the, they had the most fun out of anybody. And I think it's, I mean, that's why some players that even are on Miami right now, like, they're just there because it's Miami. Like, um, yeah, it doesn't technically go hand in hand having fun on the court and having fun outside, but I mean, part of the element of living Miami is it's Miami. You can't really go wrong with it. Yeah. Which gets back to the main point of like, why would you want to be in a place like Minnesota for your entire career? And you can- Yeah, you know,
1: how, like, how much, how much do the fans, like,
2: contribute to that? Well, it's definitely, a, there's definitely cultures and like, you wanna play, for, I, I think that's part, of, cause Russ is such a, such a home-hearted guy, you know, he does what he can, he, he fights for the little guy type of thing. And Oklahoma City is the little guy. So they, they have his back and he has theirs. It's kind of like that. Like he's not going to stop. He just kind of has that attitude. Some guys don't feel that way. Um, it's just like a guy like who doesn't really connect with the city isn't really going to want to go to OKC. You know, yeah. I think Philadelphia is the same way. You know, they'll, they'll ride for you, but they'll also cut you loose. Yeah. If you're- Philly's a pretty cool city. Philly is I've never been to Philly.
1: I always want to go to Philly. It's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Um
1: all right, we're coming up on an hour here. I want to just kind of wind down with a you know, a quick little prediction we from also you. We can
2: cut this we can cut this into a, like two episodes.
1: Yeah. Um I mean we'll we'll discuss that. Um it's just I want to wrap up with a little fun little player prediction for this year. going to give you five players. All right. Okay. I want you to tell me how, how you think these guys are going to do this year.
2: This year or in their career? This year. This so upcoming year. Best
0: to worst? No, 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 no. I'm just going to
1: yeah. name a player. I'm not listing them. I'm going to okay. name a player. I've just got five that I want to talk about. Okay. Um, I just want you to give me, you know, a little prediction of how you think their year is going to go.
2: Okay.
0: Ben
1: Simmons. What do you think about Ben Simmons? Coming off rookie of the year.
2: I think he's gonna um, get his second rookie of the year award. <laughs> he's gonna win it again. Yeah. Um, and then the next year after that, no. Um, off the rookie. Give season, me, give
1: me like a rough estimate for his numbers. We're talking. Can we,
2: can we talk three about something, something? really quick that went under the radar this offseason. Yeah. You know, Wilson Chandler went to the Seventy Sixers. I did not know that. Wilson Chandler got traded to the Seventy Sixers. Like you know, I think it was in the part of the Kenneth Fareed deal. When Kenneth Freed went Both to... of those guys are so washed. No, Wilson Chandler is a really good he would average like eighteen points a game like two years ago.
1: Or the Denver Nuggets? Yeah. One of the worst teams in the
2: NBA. <laughs> it's a <laughs> lot were... easier to average they were... eighteen for somebody. They the pack.
1: When you're I... the only I... but guy who fucking gets the ball.
2: I had him on my fantasy team for like three years. He balled. Alright.
1: Get back to the subject.
2: Um yeah, I think I put him, I think his, for his preseason game, he ever he had eight points, eight rebounds and 16 assists with like three steals. Such a weird stat line. Um, I put him
0: somewhere in the realm of, um, 18
2: to 20 points a game. Um, that's down,
0: down this year, isn't
2: it? No, he averaged, I think he averaged 16 this season. Oh, okay. Well, somewhere around 14 or something like How that. How close that.
1: do you see him to a triple double?
2: Like right there. Like 8.9 rebounds, 9.2 assists. Like he's going to be really good. I don't know how well it'll translate to, um, to wins. Um, I think the Philadelphia will definitely be very good. Uh, they have a much better bench, you know, in terms of, uh, it's much more solid and like they know who they are than last year because they just kept, they threw an Ursa on and, Marco Bellinelli at the mid-season, which worked for them but it was kind of like a scramble you didn't really know who was who um so I think they'll be good he'll definitely make an impact he'll definitely be an all-star I know that he should have been one last year but they don't really let rookies in the all-star game um uh yeah I put him somewhere in the 18 to 20 points per game high eight rebounds Close to a
1: triple-double.
2: Close to a triple-double. Definitely very close. It also depends on how Joel is, if he's healthy or not. But
1: You think Philly better or worse than last year?
0: Better. All right. What, are, what uh, seed were they last year? The four seed? Somewhere around there. Or were they the three seed? Because Miami was six, I believe. Yeah, they were the three seed last year. Miami was six.
1: That's an
2: embarrassing Eastern Conference.
1: Shut up. Shut
2: up! They were so good. I love that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Giannis onto the compo.
2: Oh, Giannis is up there with the. uh It, it depends on how much... Do you think
1: Giannis is the MVP this year?
2: No, not for. I could see him being the MVP in three years. Three years until LeBron comes off his throne. Like you can't have another small forward win the MVP if there's already a small forward who's better than him. You think, wow
1: man. I don't know man. I think that dude is like an alien.
2: Okay, let's put it this way. If y- if the Bucks were somehow to end up in a top 3 seed in the Eastern Conference, I can see it. But only f- then. I yeah, I don't see it, I don't see it happening otherwise. He's not he's not putting up Russ 2 years ago stats of like 32 points a game, 11 rebounds and like Ten and a half assists. Like so he's not doing that, but if he can contribute, what did he
1: put up last year?
2: Who? Giannis or Russ? Giannis. Twenty-eight, nine and like three, something That's like that. That's pretty
1: insane.
2: It's you don't pretty, think
1: that could go up to thirty, ten and five? And you don't get that MVP? If, it,
2: if it's at thirty, ten and five, and they are a top four seed in the Eastern Conference, then yes, I can definitely see it possible. However, I just. Don't see it happening like that. There, um, I feel like. I feel like Milwaukee has kind of topped out in a sense.
0: So you don't you see Milwaukee getting better or worse? Worse. Really? Yeah. I don't feel I, like they made any changes.
2: They didn't make any changes, but I just, I just don't. I mean, the whole length and like the same thing orlando's trying to do with like a just a shit ton of length and athleticism yeah it's like cool and it 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 theoretically should work it just it it doesn't it's it's a low ceiling it doesn't have much room you're not going to dominate anybody that way
0: yeah like they'll be good where you're
2: saying no sense like no Doubt about it, but they'll just never be great. They'll always be good. They'll never take that next step. Is my opinion on it.
0: Yeah, I
1: don't ever see them being a major contender. I mean, unless it was a oh, completely yes, different team. Uh, but I, with the players they have, I don't see it being a major
2: contender.
0: Yeah. Um, next player. All right,
1: you mentioned him earlier, Victor Oladipo.
2: Victor Oladipo. Um, I'll put him somewhere in the range of. 25 points a game, 24.8 somewhere around there. S- six rebounds, five assists. He'll have a good, a very solid year. I think Indiana's going to turn some heads this year. I definitely really like Victor Oladipo as a player. He's like one of my favorite players to watch.
1: You think Victor Oladipo say he puts up those numbers? Is he a superstar
0: after this year? Yes. I think.
2: Indeed. I I will put him in. I'll put him in superstar range after this year okay i see indiana turning heads making like a good jump next season um who else do they have miles turner uh they just picked up tyreek evans which will be kind of a sketchy fit fit i don't see that it could work you you don't know until Tyreek
1: Evans is one of those dudes that you think of and you're like, "Oh, damn, Tyreek Evans is so good," and then you see that he's 33 and averages eight points per game.
2: He averaged, and you're like, "What the fuck year. happened?" He averaged, no, he's not 33. He's like 26. Tyreek like, Evans? Yes, he came to the league in like 2000. Ask Alexa, yes. ask
0: Alexa right now.
2: Alexa, how old is Tyreek Evans? <laughs>
0: Nope, Tyree 20. Hill, not Tyree Kevin. <laughs> we're okay. just gonna Google it. <laughs> yeah,
2: no! <laughs>
1: Look, I don't, I don't think that that really changes anything for them. Tyree Kevin's uh, is
2: twenty-nine, so we're kind of both wrong. Twenty-nine? Twenty-nine. Okay, he's not. I.
1: <laughs> no, I thought he was. I thought he was. Um, he had been around a lot longer than that, but
0: maybe he's just okay. had
1: so many ups and downs.
0: Yeah. Um, it's not
2: the point of this conversation. All right, Indiana better or worse than last year? Better, easily. They had they didn't lose anything um, in particular. They picked up lost Lance. Lance played for Indiana. Didn't he? Yeah, they. I mean, they lost Lance, but mm. they picked up Doug McDermott, which was a really weird signing. <laughs> they not, signed it's him like not they time signed him.
1: Fix their record.
2: <laughs> no, but they signed him for like three years, twenty five mil. Like it was such a weird. And I saw that I was. Okay, um yes, it mm-hmm. works not beneficial at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't really see sure. really, McDermott being a game changer at all. <laughs> um and then I think Sabonis will get better. Miles Turner is obviously one of the best stretch inside bigs we like in the league when he's when he when he can play. And then Darren Collison, solid. I think like that's this it's kind of the clay type of idea. They put Victor in that spot, he has all of the the tools he needs. They can only get better. There's nothing that I can see that can make them worse. Like with Milwaukee, they can't get better because they don't have much shooting. They don't have much of the the current style of basketball, but Indiana has that. They have guys that can play that style. So
0: All right. Um Jason Tatum
2: Jason Tatum, I love Jason Tatum. He's so, he's so, like, like, he's just such a smooth player. He's so smooth, man. He looks like a fucking... Did you see, did you see, there's a, in the, in the Hornets preseason game, I think, I don't know who, maybe it was Kyrie. Somebody threw him an alley-oop. It oh, one, it was, uh, it was Terry. One-handed. Scary what? Terry. Terry, Scary, yeah. Terry. He, like, threw down this one-handed alley-oop that, it was just like, it was, it was nasty, but he just made it seem so casual. The stuff he
1: does is like,
2: and the turnaround
1: jumpers, his game is so gorgeous as a rookie.
2: I think, but the problem is I just I'm going to say he's going to keep the same stat line he had last year. Maybe a couple more points, but like, with Gordon Hayward now back and Kyrie being back I just don't see much of a room for him to jump up crazy in his numbers.
1: So, this is a nut, this is a weird thing. I've been playing a lot of like my player NBA 2K18. Okay. Uh, and it was when he was a rookie. And there's like, I play so much of it. And you know how they just kind of like repeat a bunch of things? Yeah. The announcers. The special, special, yeah. And they say every time Jason Tatum gets a the ball, they're like, oh, kind of, you know, a jack of all trades, but a master of none.
2: That's a good, yeah. Meaning
1: like he can do everything real well, but there's nothing that he's
0: a star at.
2: Yeah, he's he's kind of like a discount, um, a discount Joe Johnson in his prime. I guess this is a weird way to put it, but like, kind of a very smooth player, but he's never you're never gonna be like, he is the best player in the league at X.
0: Or what part of his game do you see developing the most over his career? Um,
2: developing the most?
0: Yeah, he, from like rookie year to holy shit
1: that, you know, he worked on that a lot.
2: If he just gets more – he was like very confident attacking the basket. But if he can get more like, like Russ level of – you know, all the great players when they are attacking the basket. You know, Kobe had the Black Mamba style of like I'm gonna kill you going to the basket like it's either you or me and it's gonna be me and yes. Russ's like Russ is just it's gonna you know there is no debate it's just I'm gonna dunk it's gonna be me or yeah or I'm gonna die Like, <laughs> so just having that style of
0: tenacity
2: tenacity and urgency to make it happen as opposed to like I think a lot of last season he was like oh I can do this. <laughs> I can do this. yeah.
1: I mean I would say the same thing about Jay uh Jalen Brown.
2: Yeah.
1: Um which is like weirdly, you know, such a random player, but um Jeff Green.
0: Oh, Jeff, Jeff
1: Green, Green played for the Celtics. There were <laughs> yeah, moments just- <laughs> there were forty point games when you'd be like, There's not a person on this earth that can stop this guy when he wants to go to the rim.
2: Yeah, you used to run into my room and tell me that like every night. Well, yeah, because it was, it was like borderline, um,
1: cat. Yeah, cat jumped across again. Um, it was like borderline LeBron when he just, he just puts the ball here and nobody's stopping you getting to the rim. Um, and Jay, like, but it was something to do with the fact that he just like, Only did it every so often. He'd get the ball, like they'd be like, yo, go to the rim. And he would just, you know, hand it off to somebody else and be like, yeah, not right now.
2: Yeah. Um, but the thing, the thing that has me limiting Jason Tatum is like, you can only have so many of those guys before it starts to clash. You can, like, if Jason Tatum takes that step and is like, I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to do this. Jalen Brown can't really do that too.
0: Yeah. So of all those guys, you think Who has the best season? No, um I'll get to that in a second. Um The guy the the starting five
1: for the Celtics, you think the two that are fighting for their position the most are Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum?
2: Definitely. I think they're definitely fighting for like their relevance in the system.
0: Do you think it's one or the other? what do you mean as far as being like a major
1: factor
2: do i think it's one or the other as in they both can't work together long term or no
1: they just they both can't develop the same it's
2: it's definitely jason over jalen um i think just with i feel like jalen has more potential but jason just came into it quicker already yeah to go, yeah. I think if you had just stuck with Jalen, um, he could have turned into something that you know he he had the athleticism, or not had, he's like 21 years old. Um, he has everything, but <laughs> he's done now. <laughs> well, part of like, you could kind of say that if he doesn't get the touches he needs, like he's never going to fully develop as a player, yeah. And it's like If he had came in his first year and did what Jason Tatum did, he would, people would be like, Oh, Jalen Brown, like we have this star and Jason Tatum is like kind of trying, but Jason just happened to be there. Now it's
1: like Jason Tatum, we have this star and Jalen's trying.
2: He's kind of, he's just trying to be there. Yeah. I, I feel like he'll get, he'll be the odd link out. He'll kind of get the short end of the stick, but which is sad because he's just so, I, I remember draft night in 2015 when – I think we were in the living room, and they picked Jalen Brown, and I was like, why?
1: I think a lot of people said that.
2: I was like, why? I mean, he's just athletic, but he, he can't turn into anything, and that was stupid to me to think. But I, I definitely think he'll be the odd one out. But in terms of bringing this full circle, I think Jason Tatum stays somewhere around the same – Maybe a little bit, he could either go up in points or down in points, but I don't see him. um he'll be more efficient, definitely. He'll know when to take his shots, but.
0: Alright,
1: Um and I think we all know the answer to this, but Celtic's better or worse than last year?
2: Worse, definitely. <laughs> and not That's a the answer. Like- I see him, like, facing the Heat in the first round, but, like... And then just getting destroyed, yeah. But, like, the but, but, like Miami's some... the number one seed and Boston's the And number seed. eight, yeah. And then it's, like, a sweep <laughs> by Miami
1: because they have so many talented players. Um <laughs> All right, last player. <laughs> last player on the list, Dennis Smith Jr.
2: Ooh. um, This mainly, I think, depends on the emergence of Luka Doncic. I think he's kind of one of those there's other players that needs the ball in their hands and I definitely Dennis Smith Jr. don't get me wrong is going to be better. He's going to be better than what he produced last season cuz he didn't do that. He did well, he didn't do that much. He'll be better. I mean, he's just so athletic and so smooth. He just he also just plays with the chip on his shoulder. Like he can't get any he's not going to get worse. Um do I think it's going to be a huge jump, kind of like into Victor Oladipo? No, I don't. I I see him going up to like 14 and a half points a game, six assists, four, three to four rebounds, but nothing. I don't see it being Really?
1: You don't see like a
2: big jump from him? I mean, if anything, I'll see. Who else
1: on that Dallas Mavericks team is going to take touches from him? Luka Doncic. Do you you think that if you're – uh, fucking Harrison awesome. Barnes is an underrated designer. Mark Mark Cuban not even Mark Cuban if you're Mark I Cuban have, in the front office bro. I know you have uh, you <laughs> think that they after seeing what Dennis Smith did last year you think that they pick Luka Doncic over him I don't think
2: it's touches. It's, not, it's not a matter of picking because they are not in a spot of relevance right now it's kind of just like we have to to give Luka his fair
1: but why why do you think that they would go and say, look, we need to give him, like, we need to give him stuff versus we need to give Dennis stuff?
2: Well, put it this way. It's like, it's because it's his rookie year. If you give, you give, you know... But why are you
1: trying to develop a guy more and, like, completely forgetting about a guy that's not... I'm it's not
2: just saying... Because you're, you're still going to play... You're going to start them together. He's not getting forgotten about. I think it's like... You see what Luca can do, cause if Luca just happens to be this generational talent, you don't want to lose that because you had such a hard head on Dennis Smith. I think like, say, okay, you, you give Luca his fair share and show him what he can do, and he ends up being an okay player, then yeah, you know that Dennis, yeah, he showed improvement, you go back to him, you kind of like work that out, but you have to give Luca his fair touches to see if he is that generational talent that everyone says he is. You have that type of player. It's kind of like – think about it this way. So the Cavs in 2002, you have yep. Ricky Davis, and you're getting LeBron. Man,
1: I loved Ricky Davis.
2: Ricky Davis. He was one of my favorite players. That
1: dude is like the original swing man.
2: <laughs> I had a Ricky Davis Timberwolves jersey one night. But anyway, Um, so you have Ricky Davis, and he's like – he's scoring like 20 points a game. And by all accounts, Ricky Davis, when LeBron was was signed, was like – he thought he was just going to be, LeBron was going to be his counterpart. He was just going to be there. So it's like, if you're the like Cavs, are you just going to stick with Ricky Davis because you know that Ricky Davis can get you 20 points? Or are you going to give LeBron his shares because you know he can be the generational talent? And if LeBron can pan, you still have Ricky Davis there. Like, he'll still be there, but it's like, you can't not give LeBron his fair share. And
1: so, I mean, I I don't know this because I didn't pay attention to Dennis Smith too much when he came into the league, but. Did he not get that kind of attention? Did he not get that? Did he
2: come out of nowhere a little bit? Well, I mean, everyone knew who Dennis Smith Jr. was, but he was like on a Mavericks team that nobody gave a shit about. Like,
1: But so is Luka
2: Doncic. But they now have DeAndre Jordan. They have like Dennis Smith when he was on his rookie year, which was not, was that last year? Yeah. Oh wow, seems like he's been in the year two, two. Yeah. Um, like that team wasn't good. I saw them play in person; they weren't good. Like even if he had a great season, he would he wouldn't have been an impact. Like I think now that they have DeAndre Jordan and Luka Doncic, it's kind of like it's it's they're trying to fight for relevance now. So last year he didn't get the the the, uh, the spot. Just because the team was not good, but this year they're they're <laughs> the cats.
1: They yeah, they're just attacking each
2: other. Um, I could hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he There's something at them. Um yeah, I mean last year he got his spotlight, but it wasn't. It he's it's not. It didn't really like didn't do anything. So I think if Dallas can make a push this year, then you'll definitely see more Dennis Smith Jr. stands.
1: I see that as well. You think Dallas much better? It sounds like I'm. Oh, um, ha- <laughs> uh, they're causing I think trouble. It's going to
2: be a recurring theme on this podcast. It's just the cats getting in it's the way. It's just a cat problem. The cat. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm I'm very high on Dallas this year. I'm hoping to go down and see another game. Uh, yeah. but yeah, I'm high on Dallas this year. I think if if DeAndre can make an impact and Luca can make an impact, I could see them making like a late eight A seed playoff push.
1: Alright. I'm gonna keep talking to you about that as we as we keep doing this. But yeah, um I'm gonna say we're gonna call that
0: good for our first official podcast.
2: Yeah, that was, that was fun. That was a
0: great time.